Welcome to episode 320 of Destination Linux. Destination Linux is a video podcast from the Tux Digital Network. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast perfect for all experience levels. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Michael. I'm Jill. And I'm Ryan, and I'm finally in my new digs. I did it! Finally. And that's why we're back to another episode of the show. And on this week's episode of Destination Linux, we'll be visiting Jill's Computer Museum for a treasure hunt, which is one of every, like, it's everyone's favorite segment, I think. At least it's mine for sure. And then we take a look at some new offerings from Pine64. Plus, we have our tips, tricks, and software picks, all of this and much more coming up right now on Destination Linux. This week's feedback comes from Russ. And if you want to send in your own feedback, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash contact. You can send us through the contact form. You can send us an email. You could also do a forum post. So you can go to tuxdigital.com slash forum to do that. And you might not know this, but we're also on Discord. We have our own Discord server, tuxdigital.com slash Discord to join in, hang out, and talk or even game with the community and all that stuff. And whoa, whoa, this whoa, week's, Michael. Wh- this was, is my segment. Why are you introducing my segment right now. Well, the reason is because there's a fantastic feedback we got from Russ this week, and I felt it'd be better for me to introduce this rather than Ryan. Fine. So this is what Russ had to say. I have been listening to your show for a couple of years now, and I must say it's a little stressful writing a message that will both convey my enthusiasm and love of the show and all of the hosts while still paying enough respect to Ryan's ego that it will make it through his filtering system. Just joking, of course. This is, this <laughs> is, I love this. this. <laughs> greatest yeah. intro to an email ever. It was perfect. You know? yes. It was perfect. It was, it was so good it, it made me want to say it. <laughs> you know, like he, he, he loves the show so much that he had stress writing this to make sure it could meet my ego to get through the filter. It's yes. just it's so powerful. I love yes. Russ. Uh, also, Russ says, uh, I wanted to point out a bit of news that is more open source adjacent than Linux related. It's about a kind of open source license for tabletop gaming. And I know any mention of the word licensing is sure to grab Michael's attention, which is true. And that is a callback to many episodes ago. So that yes. proves that this that, that you've been this watching for a couple of years because we did a whole segment and a whole episode about licensing because that is a thing that I'm pretty interested in. So that's really cool. Also, Pezo is the publisher of the Pathfinder tabletop game RPG. They, they announced yesterday, or actually when they sent in this email, that they had released the first draft of their open RPG creative license. Now, this is very interesting because of the, why this licensing thing was being created in the first place. Yeah. So Russ talks about this, and I actually was following this story in the news and on Reddit posts and things about some things that Dungeons & Dragons were doing, Wizards of the Coast specifically, to Dungeons & Dragons that was creating some interesting controversy. And I mean, a lot of controversy. And I actually didn't realize a lot of the stuff. Well, I'll let Russ talk about it. He says, I don't want to spend too much time going into the history of it, but the short version is that Dungeons and Dragons has been published under an open gaming license for about 20 years now. I didn't know that, that mm-hmm. they were under that, but it made sense yeah. because there's so many people who adapt and utilize that, uh, those rule sets and a large extended ecosystem has grown up around it. A few months ago, it became known in the community that the D&D publisher Wizards of the Coast was planning to revoke the original OGL and put a new one in place. Basically, I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This created quite an uproar. That was a quote there on that last part. And so they kind of put the instant response from 
is it Paizo's community out there on there? And no, it's an interesting read. We'll have a link in the show notes. And they go on to finish out saying, I know it's not Linux or software related, so it may not have a place on your show. I disagree because it's still very much correlated, I think, to them. So yeah, love our the show email. is also heavily about open source, and this is a very yeah. important thing. Mm-hmm. And also our show is about geekdom. Yes. And this is one of the most like cornerstone pillars of geekdom, right? Yeah. Even Alex, uh, one of our patrons in chat, just said, we love games. So there you go. It fits in perfectly. But I know we all like a good open source fight and thought you might find the controversy entertaining. Paizo counts solidly as good people for more reasons I could go into here. It deserves a bit of recognition for the work they do. They recently announced there would be two new PC games in the Pathfinder setting. Perhaps we should make sure they know uh, we want them on Linux. Thank you for the show and all the work you've done with it. Huge fan forever, Russ. Uh, Russ, you're so awesome. There's so much little pieces of your email that I love and shows that you've been a fan for a long time, but specific to the topic that you brought in here. So D and D, as I understand it, wizards of the coast was essentially looking through their books and realizing, Hey, we don't monetize dungeons and dragons really well. It's got this open license. And so I'm trying to show from their perspective a little bit and people were making all kinds of games off of it. You've got, massive YouTube channels like Critical Role and all this stuff that are yep. bringing in all this money and advertising and all these things, but they're doing all the work maintaining this rule set that they had open source, and they're saying, hey, we need to monetize this Dungeons & Dragons thing and bring some money into it, which it, it's kind of fair, right? They they do a lot of this degree, work. Sure. There's, there's some fairness in saying is there a way to monetize it, but instead of going to the community, because if you think Linux is hardcore community dungeons and dragons is a really hardcore because it's been around forever uh and people live by this game uh in a lot of cases some people play Mm -hmm. it casually but the people who are obsessed with it are really obsessed with it it's been a huge part of their lives yeah and so the fact that it's some at some people's work too you know that's not connected to the wizards of the coast it's also like they're doing their own thing based on this like ip system and what's crazy is that D&D wanting to make some money off of something like that, I totally get it. I understand why you'd want to do that. But the way they did it is a bit ridiculous because there are certain ways you could be asking for donations or something, or you could have like a licensing thing where you get extra benefits. But to try to revoke something you've been doing for 20 years, that's not going to go over well with basically anyone. Yeah. Yeah. But you can see this happening in open source software. I believe it has happened in the past. Oh, yeah, it's happened. They've started out as open source and then decided to lock it down because either other companies were taking all of their work and monetizing yeah, it and, and things along those lines. So we've seen this. It's it's really, to me, I don't think Wizards of the Coast was wrong in saying, hey, is there a way we can monetize this system better? Yeah, Where they sure. went wrong is working back with the community to figure out what are some really creative ways that we could do that. I think if they had sent a letter out to the community, a plea, basically saying, hey, we have this many people dedicated to working on this as a company. We have to grow. We want to keep this open source. Yeah, what are help some us things? survive. That help us survive. What are some things yeah. we could do that are creative that allows us to keep this openness that has helped Dungeons & Dragons become the name that it has been? but also allow us to uh, monetize some things here. And I think you probably would have come back with some amazingly creative things from the community to do that. But other games kind of stepped in during this controversy and started taking over like Pathfinder. And so they used this, they they were smelling the blood in the water and they used this to go after 
that D&D kind of staple in this role-playing tabletop market and yep. be able to take that away from them and started making their stuff more open source. So in a way, this could be better for tabletop gaming from an open source because you're going to have more things trying to go the opposite yeah. direction to try to pull away from D&D. So That's an interesting point. And I think that it's like definitely the Paizo or Pezo people who do Pathfinder, when they heard this news, they were like, excellent. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, this is such wonderful news. You know, I, I've actually been going to gaming conventions for years. One we have locally called Strategicon. And a lot of the developers of the games are there. And they, I, you know, I've heard them even do talks about how important danger, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was because they did keep it open and people can, you know, make, fork it and make their own versions of the games. Yeah. And without that, it dies. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm going to fork an old version and call it Dens and Daggers. Yeah. And that way. Wow. Really creative, Michael. Really creative. Thank you. Thank you. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, some of the stuff that Wizards of the Coast did, too, the way they wrote this new licensing terms made things like Critical Role think, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to go back and pay royalties on all uh, the other yeah. stuff that we've done in the past. And oh, wow. It, it, just the way they wrote it was horribly done, and it created all this stir and uproar. But... Again, we could see this in open source software. And number two is we want to do, now that I finally kind of settled, we might actually we, have some time to do this and set up some D&D &D with our community because it's something that's been requested heavily yes. from our community to do some tabletop gaming with some of the hosts and stuff on there. We even have people who volunteered to do be dungeon masters and i would love to record that and do some of our own content on it but maybe it won't be dungeons and dragons based on this maybe it'll be pathfinder maybe that's mm -hmm. where it could we'll be go. all sorts i mean uh, we're, we're open-minded to it uh the D, D part of it would be cool provided that we don't get sued and uh the reason that i think it'd be cool at least is i've never played D, &D and this would be an interesting thing to record the first time ever D and D play of someone who is a geek yeah. and nerd who yeah. like I think that's a rarity. How many geeks <laughs> and nerds have not played D and D? Yeah, right. No, I think it's a very cool. small number. We well, need see, to play swords and lasers. That's that's the the Star Trek uh, universe uh, D and D. Wouldn't <laughs> well, swords and lasers be Star Wars? <laughs> swords and lasers because Star yeah, Trek don't yeah. have a. I mean, I guess you got well, Batleth yeah. is it's, the most yeah. sword kind of like a, thing. It, it's Michael, your you know your Star mashup. Trek knowledge and Jill Star Trek knowledge makes me feel bonded <laughs> to both of you. Like, I, you could, a lot of this stuff in my background is all Star. You know, Star Trek's a big part of my life. Like D and D is a big part of other people's lives. But I do want to mention in our Discord, we have a new tabletop gaming section. So if you want to go talk yeah. and set up mm -hmm. some plans for some tabletop gaming, go or check write out your our own Discord license there. for tabletop gaming. One yeah, and we also because we're about everything geek right we've got a new fitness channel there as well so if you're wanting to get ripped like a warrior in D, &D as well as play yeah. some tabletop if you want to have noodle arms just like ryan you can totally go into that you could have my noodle arms everyone yeah. <laughs> you could do all of that so we've got a lot of cool stuff going on in the tux digital network sphere but again russ thank you for this awesome email and bringing this to attention mm -hmm. absolutely feel like it fits the show perfectly and uh would love to see people's comments in the tabletop gaming discord channel to see what you think about what D&D's done and Pathfinder's done to kind of pick up the slack there. And something you never have to worry about picking up the slack because their servers are always fantastic. That's We're going to talk about Linode right now. 
This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Linode. Linode.com slash Tux. That's Linode.com slash T-U-X. And see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. Linode provides solutions and services to accelerate innovation. And what do you mean by that? Well, they allow you to be able to build your, everything yourself on their servers, or you can use their one-click apps with their plethora of options in Linode's app marketplace to deploy everything from Plesk and WordPress to Valheim and Minecraft servers. In fact, we have... We have we have one of those Minecraft servers, in fact, yes. And Linode even has a VPN-friendly virtual server, so you can create secure connections over the internet, protecting you on stuff like public Wi-Fi if you're at a cafe or a hotel or an airport or something like that, which you definitely need to have if you are in those places and using Wi-Fi. If, if that wasn't enough, every plan that you get with Linode has amazing human-powered customer support. You might be wondering, how is it human-powered? Is it like the Matrix human-powered? No, it's not like that. It's humans are involved in the customer support. So if you send an email or you post on social media or if you call, that you're going to get a response from a human. I, crazy. A whole I know. human? A real a whole, one? A whole human. Not wow. one in those pods or anything. It's a whole human. 24-7, 365. So for this Leno.com slash Tux. That's Leno.com slash T-U-X to get your account. And when you do, you're going to let them know that we sent you, which will be good for us, of course, but also good for you because you get a 60-day, $100 free credit when you go to Leno.com slash Tux. Thanks again to Leno for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. And remember to get started on their awesome cloud platform, go to Leno.com slash T-U-X. All right, so it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Michael, you said, you know it's yours, but I know it's everyone's because we get <laughs> a lot of comments about this. And in fact, yeah, at Scale, one of the things we brought to Scale, the conference, was Jill's very first treasure hunt episode, the computer from that episode, and people were enthralled by that, Jill. So yeah, uh, absolutely, it's time to bring this back. So Jill... You've been going through your treasure trove, your museum of computers and gadgets and electronics. What did you find to bring today? So today I'm going to show off one of my unique mini computers for Treasure Hunt that runs Linux and is important to the maker and hacker space in so many ways. That is a chumby. A chumby. Yes, <laughs> I know nothing about this. <laughs> I have never yeah. heard of this. However, I'm curious if it gets wow. knocked down, does it get back up? Because it's Chumby Wumby. <laughs> Chumby Wumby, yes. Please, Michael. So the Chumby was a consumer electronic formally made by Chumby Industries Incorporated. And it was released in February 2008 on the Chumby store at www.chumby.com. It's an embedded computer which provides internet and LAN access via Wi-Fi connection. And through this connection, the Chumbi runs various software widgets, which are the apps. Roughly resembles a small clock radio. The original Chumbi features a small resistive touchscreen housed in a leather and plastic exterior with six color options. You could use it as a web browser, a music player, a kitchen assistant, a shopping list creator, a meal planner, a calendar, a photo album, an egg timer, a calculator to even display lolcat cats. Nice. <laughs> Lol cats show you the weather and news headlines and yes, even as a plain old alarm clock and clock radio that wakes you up in the morning. Has an adorable and easy to use touchscreen interface with a squeeze button on the top that goes to the menu. 
You know, I feel like nice. this device scene <laughs> that I didn't know anything about is way ahead of its time because you're yeah, saying very similar 2008. Yeah, 2008. Very similar devices from Google coming out, from Amazon coming Amazon, out. Where yeah. If you told me this was the new, <laughs> you know, Alexa device that Amazon released, I might believe you, other than the fact that it's covered in leather and doesn't steal all your private data. So, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just, it's such a beautifully done device. And uh, there, it, what's really cool is when you first uh, you, you first bought it and started up, a nice movie plays when you turn the, the chumby on, and it gives you a quick tour of the interface and main features. And it is so adorable. You can you can find it on YouTube. It's really nice. cute. This is you know such a special computer for me. My chumby was my soft and squishy, cute bedside companion that ran Aww. Linux, let me listen to podcasts, play internet radio streams, check the weather, check my email, and yes, tell me the time with beautiful clock animations, as you're seeing here. Here's a cute one with little fishies. <laughs> <laughs> and this little computer, many people in our community have actually asked me about because I've had it on display next to me here in my studio. It's been on this rack over here, and you could always see like the uh, half of it in the rack. And I'd have people say, is that a chumby? And I say, yes. <laughs> Wow. So other Very people didn't know. People. Oh, is that Pong? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a Pong oh clock. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. <laughs> and there's a Matrix clock and all I saw a Star of... Trek theme that you yeah. had loaded on there, which made me very happy to see. Yeah, there's an old cars clock. <laughs> I feel like they could re-release this device with maybe slightly updated specs and it would be just as relevant. Maybe today. more than slightly, but yes. Yes. Mycroft. <laughs> it looks like kind of like the Mycroft thing out there, doesn't it? Yeah. In a way, yeah. Yeah, actually, because it's it's got a, a you know a, a friendly exterior. Yeah. And the other wonderful thing about this device, it was released in May two thousand eight, and the price was only one hundred and seventy nine dollars and ninety five cents. And it came, oh, wow. and that's cheap, especially back yeah. then. Oh, yeah. it's a very cheap price. <laughs> so for and it came in three different colors: uh, latte like this one, uh, basic black, and pearl white. And other oh, colors. I'm, I'm disappointed they didn't call it like midnight black or something. Oh, they have latte yeah. and pearl white and just black. Come yeah, on. Yeah, just black. <laughs> so other colors were added later, such as rust brown, cardinal, and purple amethyst. See? See? That, <laughs> and I respect yeah. those. Yeah. So yeah. Cardinal amethyst. for red. Good job. Yes. Yeah. And it has a Freescale ARM 350 megahertz processor in it, 64 megabytes of RAM, and 64 megabytes of NAND flash ROM. And it has a 3.5-inch LCD color TFT screen that's 320 by 240 by 16 colors. And it's got two 2-watt two speakers that actually, they sound amazing. The speakers in this thing are awesome. And that's one reason why it makes such a good clock radio. It sounds really good. And it's even, you know, it's got a headphone jack too and a microphone and you can adjust the backlight. It's got two USB 2.0 ports for doing your hacks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and all the all the goodies. And it uses Wi-Fi 802.11b and g. And uh, power is supplied by an external AC adapter. You can see it's plugged in. <laughs> and there is also a connector for a 9-volt battery for emergency power inside. 
So. Well, I have an important question for you, Jill. Did it actually come with the AC adapter? We know this is a rare occurrence <laughs> yeah. nowadays in electronics in which you now, to save the environment, have to go spend more money with to a get no, more separate package to get more, more cardboard shipping. to unbox yeah. it so that you have a proper way of powering it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the logic absolutely. behind that decision is insane. <laughs> it's genius, really. Yeah. yeah. No, it absolutely came. It, it, it came with this adapter. And not only... Is it? It's not just a plain adapter. It actually has the Chumby logo on it, which is a little oh, little octopus. Nice. nice. So it, not only do you get for one seventy nine, you got this device. You also got the adapter, which means yeah. that you actually that means the price of that device was really one fifty nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. True, Michael. <laughs> yes. You know what's interesting too is you talked about putting the logo on the adapter, and that you know you kind of just breeze by that. But as a geek who has endless cords, especially after moving oh, recently, it's very yeah. helpful. having it's... the logo on an AC adapter, I'm, I'm going to tell you <laughs> that if you're a company that does this, I love your face. Please, could every company put their logo on the adapter so I know which adapter goes with which yes. device? Yeah, even if it's just a sticker, that will still be a thousand know, times better, better than what we usually have yes. to do. Just I mean, I put labels on all my cords because I have thousands for That's my pretty computer smart. collection. Yeah, that yeah. shows you're organized. However, in yeah. my case, <laughs> uh, I just have little bins here <laughs> in the background for those who are watching the video version that are full of cords that go to something, yeah. but I'm afraid to throw them away. And by the way, oh. for those who are like, don't be afraid to throw them away, I have thrown away some at times and then immediately will have Within some a, reason like that I needed that cord yeah. that yeah. I threw away that thought I would never need again. I have done that too. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. that's always a pain. So some of the special features of the Chumbi, it has what was called a bend sensor for squeeze-based user interface to interact oh. with an, a screen animation or games. I mean, talk about way ahead of its time. I'm so OCD, I didn't want to squeeze it, you know, because I don't want, I want it to look like brand new. <laughs> so because <laughs> nice. I've seen some other people's chumbies that are all cracked and everything because they squeezed it too much. That'd be Michael so using I'm his very power gentle. hands to just Yes, crush my it. incredible grip. Yeah, yes. incredible grip there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, even like rock climbers have nothing on my grip. Yes. Yeah. The chumby having a squeeze climbing. interface is really interesting because yeah. you see that in phones now, yeah. right? That's a, exactly. a big thing in a lot of the devices. Uh, that you could squeeze it and make it launch an app or do other things. So very cool that they, I wonder, did they patent any of this stuff so that they could make money off of all of this technology they have? Yeah, I'm sure some of it, I mean, most, most of it is open source licenses because it does run Linux and even the firmware, most of it is open with the, the GPL and other licenses, Amazing. but but uh, there is some that are some proprietary blobs, obviously. So that may be one of their <laughs> proprietary. proprietary. Yeah. yeah. And the Chumbi has a three-axis accelerometer for motion and tilt sensing. So in some games, like if you play Pong, you can actually use this as the tilt it so the that paddle is so moves. so cute. Gets the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Love this device. Man, and, they thought of everything. Do you imagine really what this did. would cost today? Like it would be oh. like from $600 starting yeah. point and they would slap an Apple logo on it. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And there is something else real unique about the Chumbi. Uh, the Chumbi is based, the interface is based off of Flash. 
Yes, Adobe Flash. <laughs> the, ch the Chumbi displays small Flash movie widgets, and these Flash movies can do anything that Flash movies can do within the limits of Flashlight 3 embedded. Uh, Flashlight 3 is the Flash player that the Chumbi runs. Interesting. Good old Flash. Boy, yeah. missed those days. Said no one ever. Well, here's the irony of this. Adobe Flash costs more than the Chumbi. <laughs> Yeah. And and we have, you know, more open source tools now to do Flash, even though they're not really being maintained. But there were at the time, at this time, there were not. <laughs> so yeah. you were pretty stuck with uh, using Flash. There were, were a few that were limited, but you were pretty stuck doing Flash. Mm. So if you Wasn't were developing that Flash's tagline, you're stuck using you're us? stuck yeah, using you're Flash. Stuck Flash. You know, there were actually many apps to choose from, from companies and, you know, individuals alike, like Flickr, Picasa, Photo Bucket. There's Yay. Toasty, the Chumby Kitchen Timer. They had their own apps. Nice, Chumby, nice. Uh, and Google Calendar. And the music section of the Chumby control panel has several options that let you listen to music from a variety of locations. And these include iPod, Shoutcast Streams, Mediafly Podcasts. And radio streams and MP3 or AUG from radio stations or your own local Slim server, server or music files in AUG, MP3, or FLAC format from a USB flash drive that you can plug into the back. Nice. I mean, especially and, the supporting FLAC is pretty yeah, cool. For, that's, that's pretty early stage. That was early. like that. This, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of, I, I, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> to to say this, one of my favorite apps to listen to and discover new music was the Pandora music app. And it still works. It still works on here. Nice. <laughs> I was so happy. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. I was because a lot of the app a lot of the apps from the companies don't work anymore because they've changed their APIs and whatnot, like, you know, Google Mail and, and Twitter and whatnot. <laughs> so but to so you're find saying that Pandora needs to update pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy Pandora didn't uh, update the API that, that the Chumbi uses. The other wonderful thing, of course, is the underlying operating system is embedded Linux. And, you know, all the source code, free and open. And um, it, it uses the GNU General Public License version 2 and the GNU Lesser General Public License version 2.1. Just such a, a wonderful computer. It really is. And so much thought and care has gone into the design of the Chumbi. So much effort was made to make the Chumbi as easy to use as possible. Yeah. And, you know, even the packaging contains, like, some really nice touches, such as it has a linen bag. The, the Chumbi arrived in a linen bag instead of a box. Okay, now we're at $999 in current cost yes. for Chumbi to be released. Look at this bag it came in. It came in this bag. Oh, it's also Aww. a branded bag, therefore yeah. it's $999. Yeah. <laughs> Nine nine, and and yeah. that was the the um, AC adapter and the Chumbi. You know, everything was in this bag, and wow. and what's really neat also, you could decorate your Chumbi with little charms like this one. It's on my Chumbi. That's that's the little octopus. Oh, nice, nice. Did you did it come with did it come with the charm when you when you got it? Yes, it comes with the charm, and nice. then I bought more charms. All these little charms. This is a. Uh, Chumby, uh, cloud bee, <laughs> little cloud charm. Nice. And in the in the and now these days those those charms bee. would be like fifty a piece. 
You know? Yes. Yeah, at least. You know what's interesting, Michael, is we, we never heard about this device, you or not. Yeah, never. And yet the, the marketing <laughs> from a product standpoint, I don't know what their marketing was once it released, but from a product standpoint of thinking about the packaging that goes into it, yeah, all the various features, the charm capability yeah. and adding all of these <laughs> things to personalize it, the color choices for a 2008 product. I feel like this thing should have went gangbusters because from a product marketing standpoint of design, incredible. I, what happened that made this thing, or was it super popular and we just, Michael and I, yes, it was a rock. Okay, we live under a rock. Okay, we live under a rock. Well, it, depend, <laughs> it depends on like what level of... Uh, of like where it maybe it's super popular in a certain section, and then Ryan and I just weren't in that section of people. Yeah. So that's exactly. that's that's my excuse. Okay. There we go. <laughs> in the makerspace, this little Linux powered computer is so important for so many reasons. It was one of the first hackable computers before the Raspberry Pi, like we talked about earlier, with open hardware and software. The Chumbi company even sold a Chumbi kit. So you could build one yourself and use it in projects. And people would build chumbies in all shapes and sizes and use them for many things in projects like we use, you know, Raspberry Pis today and other single board computers. So it really revolutionized the industry. And so it was so popular that they came out with the second one called a Chumbie One. And Jill, of course, has one that she's yes. reaching to. By the way, for those not watching the video version of the show, you're really missing out because, yeah, Jill has a kitty cat, number one, which means we win the internet. And number two, Jill actually has a chumby t-shirt. Yes, yes. yes. Just realized you have a chumby shirt I do. on now. Yeah, very wow. I do. Yeah, there's some, some reasons for that, and I'll get to that a little bit. Yeah, for those who are not who have or listened to the only audio only version, there the entire time we're talking about the chumby, there is a a physical <laughs> chumby being held up by Jill to talk yeah. about it. Jill really has strong arms now that I'm thinking about it. Like, I don't know that I could sit there and hold vices up for four yeah. minutes talking about this. Exactly. So, yeah. Don't mess with Jill. Anyways, Aww. continue, Jill. Oh, so this one came out in November of 2009. And Although it's not as cute and it lost the rounded edges and squishy case, it added some very important features. It had a dedicated volume knob, so you didn't have to do that in software. It, it came with the ability to put in a rechargeable battery for un uninterrupted mo mobility. And it has an FM transmitter in it. That's what this long string is. Oh, nice. <laughs> And it's got a more powerful processor at 454 megahertz. Slow down and, there, Chumby. Yeah. And the hard plastic case actually allowed uh, Chumby Industries to offer the Chumby one at a reduced price of $119.95. I do not understand this pricing strategy. Yes. It was it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I don't know how they made a lot of their money because. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it was actually I, I I do, and I'm going to talk about it in just a few minutes. But it's it's just really amazing the the price point. I mean, again, this is before the age of the Raspberry Pi. You know? Yeah, yeah. When we had little you, mini computers. Jill, <laughs> like, did you feel that the second edition of this 
because it took away the squishy sides and stuff, which I immediately miss when yes. you held up this new one. Do you feel like they went backwards in yes, a way? Yes, they did. They 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 did, and I think. But the know, screen this one, looks better, and it looks better quality. Yeah, you can play more videos and stuff like that. So I think like it's a better overall product. If Absolutely. they had just if they had just embraced a different approach of being silly, if they called it the ch- the chumby one B, then it'd been okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> good, Michael. You should have been in charge of their marketing there, Michael. By the way, on eBay, there is one squishy side chubby chumby left for $111.59 in the UK. So for our yeah. UK listeners, you might be able to grab one <laughs> grab of these. One. And the second edition Jill's now holding up is available for 100 bucks. There's one of those left, but there's only two on all of eBay. So oh, yeah. They, they this sometimes- is a rare item. It is, and I've seen, you know, because the, it pops up so rarely on eBay, um, the last one I saw that was on eBay sold for $400, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So for whoever is listening to this and wants to get it, you know, jump <laughs> Go on grab it quickly. It now. <laughs> yeah. So speaking about the uh, popularity of the device, so around this time, lots of companies, uh, when this uh, Chumby One was produced, lots of companies started making Chumby devices, including Best Buy, who made one for their Insignia brand of devices, if you can believe that. <laughs> and Best Buy even had, oh, oh, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. They had a whole section of the store dedicated to all the different brands of Chumbies. It made me drool and I wanted them all. <laughs> Where was I during this period? I feel like I was living under a rock or something. I, I, I just, it's crazy because I've, I've never heard of CNEV or any like any advertising or anything for this device. And it's, <laughs> it's It seems like such a perfect thing for yeah. this community, you know, to, yeah. to have never heard of it is so weird because, I mean, especially so if, you're, cool. if they're doing it in Best Buy to that degree. And like we have I know. Best Buys I here. practically yeah. live like, in Best Buy. Think of I mean, it, right? It, it was the the first Linux device at a Best Buy, a first Linux computer at a Best Buy. I love this treasure and, hunt, Jill. This is so cool. This is awesome. Oh, cool. And the Chumby company even made a Chumby app in 2009 for Android and WebOS. And I used it on my HP what? touchpad what? and my HP Pre-3. <laughs> my mind is literally blown. One of my favorite mobile operating systems ever was... Yeah, used here? my, my yeah. favorite for sure. Yes. Oh. And I have another Chumby to show you. What? As a res- result of uh, them being showcased at Best Buy. <laughs> now wait, there's more. For just $19.99 a month, you can... Oh, sorry, I felt yeah. like an infomercial uh, Different there. infomercial, Ryan. My bad. Okay, this is a nice big screen. This is the Sony Dash or Dash Personal Internet Viewer. Yes, this is a Sony Chumby. <laughs> It's wow. really updated in this case. Yeah. What we're seeing for those listening in the podcast, you have a much bigger screen, yeah, way more colorful. Screen. Looks modern. Looks like something they released today. When would yeah. this one come out? Well, uh, this one came out in um, a Sony ad- announced the Dash at the Consumer Electronics Show in 2010. And it was made available for sale in late April 2010 for $199. That's still a steal. <laughs> Man, that's that's still good, yeah. And you know, it has a 499 megahertz processor and 800 by 480 resolution, uh, seven inch screen, and you know all the features of the original Chumby. 
And what was nice is that there is uh, themes to this one. So I'm using the Elkars theme because it, it has more screen real estate. They were able to do more theming with it. You know, this reminds me of the time when companies hadn't given up yet. A lot of the tech companies into this idea that there had to be Android or iOS. And that's yeah. the only thing that could exist. And that's what we've been in for like a decade now is stuck <laughs> in this thing of like, there can only be two. And yeah. you're going to use one of those. These companies were taking risks. They were being creative with their operating mm -hmm. systems. And this is a obviously a, a demonstration of that back then. Yeah. Very cool. And in July 27th, Blue Octi, this is the company that revived Chumbi technology, they undertook an effort to rescue the Sony Dash after Sony discontinued support for it. And by 2017, a patch was released for the Sony Dash to allow them to connect to the Blue Octi Chumbi servers and extending their useful life. And mine is running the custom mod that Blue Octi created. So you put the mod, it's a zip file you put on a flash drive, not unlike what you do with a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> and you stick it in and you boot with the, the flash drive <laughs> and it puts the mod in there. So I wanted to show you uh, some of the, uh, one of the games you could play. Yeah, absolutely. Love so, to see that. And by the way, the subscription service is $3 a month and is still going. So there's a huge following of Chumby oh, yeah. fans out wow. there that those servers are still available and just three bucks a month and you get access to those servers to run stuff. So, Okay, so you're showing the accelerometer, yeah. Jill showing playing Pong. Playing and Pong. You're tilting the device. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That is cool. <laughs> you're not very That's... good at Pong while you're no, doing well, a video a and holding hard. it up, Jill. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sorry. And, yeah. And doing a podcast. Jeez, yeah. Jill. Yeah. <laughs> you ever notice that they're, they're doing it live? <laughs> there are people who will make comments about that when you're doing demos and stuff on the video. Like, oh, you're not good at this game. I'm like, I'm not playing the game right now. Yeah. Right? I'm just yeah. showing you the demo. Talking about it. <laughs> Is that, can you get Wolfenstein 3D playing on that, Jill, for us? I just made that up. Um, I have no idea if it could ever do um, it. But I just thought I saw Wolfenstein on it. And I was like, that would be awesome to play Wolfenstein 3D on that little device. Yeah. Cool. Well, you could play Quake and Doom. Oh, just as good. Nice. Just and as good. what was really cool for the originals, uh, Chumby, uh, it works on, on the big ones too, but Quake and uh, Doom, you control the movement. Um, instead of using a mouse, you control the movement with the Chumby itself. <laughs> it's okay. really wow. cool. They're yeah, and, challenges. And you click on the screen to uh, shoot. <laughs> so that nice. was really cool so well i'll tell you after everything you've told us so far jill i would rather have this device than the modern day amazon echo i would rather have this device than the google home i'd rather have this device than most of the home assistant devices that are out there today oh absolutely <laughs> i feel like it's way not only was it ahead of its time but it's still useful today mm -hmm. yeah and the fact that it was so reasonably priced in its time and also the screen just like the device kept getting bigger and bigger, but even the first version was still quite good for oh, yeah. what they charged. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. It's crazy. And there's just, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about my history with the Chumbi and why I have this shirt. There actually weren't any apps where you could play live video streams, just audio streams on the Chumbi. So I actually wanted to watch my favorite shows live at the time. Destination so, Linux. Yeah, it Naturally, wasn't around yeah. then, unfortunately. Oh. 
Oh, really? So, we're always around. I know. I'm so sorry. Or, it feels like we were always there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I actually wrote several scri- scripts for live streaming of Twit and the Linux Action Show via nice. command line and SSH. And this was tricky because... The original Trumby has, it's it's only 350 megahertz, 64 megabytes of RAM, and only uses a 320 by 240 resolution LCD screen. And the Trumby Classic, you know, this wasn't, wasn't all that powerful. But I remember spending hours trying to get the command line app called BT Play Player on the Chumby to play the lowest resolutions possible of the streams and the lowest bits, bit rates so I can stream them on the Chumby. And I used to watch uh, Chris Fitch- Fisher of the Linux Action Show <laughs> on here every Saturday. Look at that. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, you're a traitor, Jill, for not yeah. show- playing our show that wasn't around during that time. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's still amazing. I mean, you've broken our hearts, Aww. but you should have known that this show would have been around and wrote a script yeah. for it now. Yeah, you should have yeah. been anticipating 10 Aww. years late earlier <laughs> that where the show was going to exist. Well, actually, truth be told, I have listened to a lot of Destination Linux on my Chumby. All right. So, now you're making up for it. That's yeah, better. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Future is not. <laughs> I have. The future is not. That doesn't mean what you think it means. Oh. And in fact, yeah, honestly, the first few episodes of Destination Linux, that's how I listened to it, was on the Chumby. Because there used to, there was an app um, that someone in the community made where it was, it, it allowed you to search, you know, for Linux or, you know, tech. Destination Linux came up. And honestly, nice. I just realized that this is where I found Destination Linux was on the Chumby. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look at that. Some history here. Yeah. Yes. I love it. It is awesome. I, I still use, you know, use my Chumby today. Like I said, it's been running in here um, in my studio since I started the show, and I've used it as a clock radio for years. Just that's amazing that hardware was made to last to that level, that mm-hmm. it's still running so good today. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if... Other companies in tech release these things today, they would break in a year uh, on top of having to buy the AC adapter, on top of having all of your privacy. You would Mm -hmm. have to scroll on that little screen, eight pages worth of privacy policy scripts and terms and conditions (laughs) before you could ever use it. Like today, this product would be ruined in the current way we release things. But back then, just so ahead of its time. Yeah. Everything would be attached with glue. Yes. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, now uh, about how I got the shirt. So I went to Maker Fair Bay Area in 2009 and talked to the developers of Chumby. Of course and you they had an awesome booth there. And yes, I, you know, I, I wanted to go to Maker Fair anyways, but I, I, I literally went there specifically to talk to the Chumby developers because I was so excited about this product. And I just loved it. I, I actually showed up wearing a Linux shirt, of course, with the uh, Chumby necklace and my handmade Chumby and Debian shoes I often wear to the Southern California Linux Expo. What? Are you serious? This is unbelievable. So okay, so Jill's pulling I out made... a pair of shoes with a Debian <laughs> nice. logo and a Chumby logo made yes. on them. Yes. yes. Oh, nice. That's Jill. how much I love the Chumby. And of course, wow. I, I have Debian on here because it was... It's one of my favorite Linux distros. <laughs> were you wearing those ch- the Chumby shoes when you met them? Yes. And nice. that's why they were so uh, blown away 
that they gave me the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> they were like, oh my God, we have a real fan. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what, Michael? I'm tired of how cool Jill's stories are in life. I know, right? We need to I work just want to tell one of my some... stories. Like Buzz Aldrin, uh, my best friend and I went up in a rocket and we landed on the moon together. Interesting. And I, wear, I wore shoes with Buzz's name on them. So he decided to take me in a rocket and we... Flew around the moon a couple times. <laughs> I, I'm cool too, people. That seems like totally legit, Ryan. I, I believe yeah, every word. Yeah, of Jill has the coolest stories ever, though. Like, how <laughs> that do you is compete true. with these stories? Like, she yeah. always has some story of where she's met the people that make the thing and produce. It's not just her owning it; it's her passion for the whole story yeah. of being a part of yeah. their journey. I mean, like she she's giving me oh. more incentive not not necessarily to create my own collection because I'll never compete, but to create my own uh, ch- uh challenge her in the awesome stories collection yeah. well you, you can know? create some shoes michael with my logo on them and then Ooh, come yeah. talk to me why would i do that <laughs> you're such a fan you Aww. jerk <laughs> i'll make one with your noodle arms on the shoes <laughs> when, and the other thing they the developers are really impressed with is is the hack that i did with the uh, streaming of linux action show on twit and they were like, you really got it to do that? You know, because they, they didn't think something, you know, this not this powerful nice. could do something like streaming uh, video. So audio, of course, because that's that's part of its infrastructure, but video yeah. <laughs> was a thing. And they were really impressed with that. So I, I showed them uh, streaming. What was nice was I was there on Saturday and the Linux Action Show was live. <laughs> so I got to show it to them live. <laughs> Very nice. Well, now yeah. we get it, Michael. We yeah. get it 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. Yep. Yes. So uh, I think it is cool that she found the show on that. Yeah. Like that is absolutely fantastic. It's part of history, right there. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't even know this until the show. You yeah. found the show, Jill, and I then perp- became part of the show. Well, it was funny because I didn't write that in the show notes I gave you. I wrote, you know, because <laughs> I wanted it to be a surprise. That's awesome. <laughs> we appreciate that. That's 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 amazing. And also, yeah. like the the process of going from finding the show on the Chumby to then presenting the Chumby on the show. Yeah. It's just that's fantastic, right? I know. My my Linux journey has become full circle. That's how I yes. look at it. I get <laughs> to share all my wonderful yeah. things with my favorite people in the world. And I get to be part of that world with Destination Linux. You guys are so favorite people, she me. means specifically me. And then Michael, <laughs> you would be like Michael on that Ryan. list, but you're a little further down. Oh, okay. So you're like you're saying you're number one. I'm like yeah, yeah, number yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight. I get it. Ten. Eight. Oh, wow. I, I got demoted. So another place I featured the Chumby, it was, uh, I, I put it on display at my Linux Chicks LA booth at Scale 7X in 2010. And I made an app that would play a slideshow of pictures from our Linux Chicks LA website. And unfortunately, I couldn't show it to you because our website has changed. <laughs> so... <laughs> Very cool. But, unlike but, Pandora. <laughs> yeah, unlike Pandora. I could not believe it because I hadn't checked Pandora in a while. And it was anybody else. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I've been listening, you know, I've been listening for years, a lot of shoutcast streams and whatnot on it, but I hadn't checked Pandora because I just assumed it wouldn't be supported anymore. <laughs> yeah. We're accidentally sending Pandora shade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pandora's like, hey, we got a listener. Yes. Aw. 
So the sad thing was the end of Chumby. So in April 2012, Chumby announced the ending of hardware sales. And in February 20th, 2013, Chumby shut down its servers, leaving users with a simple clock that shows time, calendar, and date. And, but the cool thing, as of January 13th, Blue Octi was in the process of reviving the Chumby technology with one of the original Chumby developers working on the project. So towards that end, on March 2014, Blue Octi began beta testing the soon-to-be-revived Chumby service at www.chumby.com. And on July 1st, 2014, Blue Octi relaunched the Chumby service as a sustainable subscription-based platform at only $3 a month, and I've been subscribed ever since. I've been subscribed, nice. you know, since uh, I was one of their first beta tester <laughs> subscribers because <laughs> I wanted my Chumby working. <laughs> I want to make this offer out there. If any of the Chumby developers are listening to this, we'd love to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. yeah I absolutely. would love to talk to you about the history of this device and maybe even the plans for the future with it because this is just so unbelievably cool. I know. Imagine what it would be today. Yeah. I mean, that that's what I was th I was hoping that Google and Amazon, you know, would put out their, their clock systems that would be as good as this and there may be a tenth as good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're releasing with all the latest technology and stuff, yeah. and they've made it worse than yeah. this device by far, by long shot. This is something I would absolutely want to own today. That's why yeah. when we were talking, I went to eBay. Like, yeah. while you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, let me yeah. gra grab and one of these. Fortunately, you can because the Shumby service is up, and, you know, a yeah. good chunk of the apps work, and all the base apps still work. So you can get one for yourself and have it, have your little Linux companion by your side like I do. <laughs> well, Jill, you never disappoint when you bring something from your absolutely amazing museum and this treasure hunt, one of my favorites, I think, one of my oh, yeah. favorite Yay. treasure hunts yes. ever in there. And I know you've got lots, lots more of information on this, but again, I hope the developers come on and we can ask them yeah. about some of the history of this device. And hopefully all of you listening have enjoyed this and go back and check out the video version. This is definitely one of those where you want to go on YouTube and check out the video version of this podcast so you can see this device and why we're so blown away. So Jill, one of the things that I would absolutely want on a future Chumby device is to make sure I had access to Bitwarden. And this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash T-U-X. That's slash Tux. A password manager software allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. Bitwarden provides you the tools to store all your passwords in a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames for you, and even automatically fill in those passwords in login forms so you don't have to. You can access your data across a plethora of devices, web browser, mobile apps, desktop applications, even the command line, you can have Bitwarden there. And Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end -end encryption before it ever leaves your device. So you're the only person with access to your data. So go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get started. And you can get started for free, but you're going to want to check out their premium account, which gets you a gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator, Priority Customer Support, and all of this. We talked about great values earlier. You get all of this for less than a dollar per month. That's right. You can get Bitwarden and have peace of mind with your passwords and sensitive data for a year 
for less than two cups of coffee at some places. I think all the coffee places at this point, I've been doing a lot of traveling and you realize how much coffee has inflated lately, but Bitwarden stayed the same price, which is why we love it. So go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get started. And thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring Destination Linux. By the way, Michael, we have a new show coming on the network and it's a show unlike any other show we've had before. And I'm not going to reveal all the information here, but it's, it's going to be big. But the person isn't necessarily a computer person, and which is interesting. I know that's going to ignite some thoughts in people. Right. What's and one of be? the things that I did is I got them set up on Bitwarden when we were setting up all of the accounts and stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's just get you set up for free. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. I want to pay for it. They literally said that. I'm not making that up. And they just signed up right there because they didn't Aww. realize this type of service existed so this is something really cool and if you already have bitwarden considering sharing it with your friends and family like that because once they find out the power of this it's going to help a lot so check out bitwarden bitwarden.com slash talks all right people it's time we're 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 gonna apologize to you, but it's time to get your wallets out and spend some money. Again? So I just yeah, put my like, wallet out for a chubby. <laughs> yeah. I know, but unfortunately this this is gonna keep happening. More money. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Pine sixty four has announced two new tablets that are available for pre order. They're the Pine Tab two and the Pine Tab V slash five. I'm not sure if what they're five. applying. Five. It's gonna be five. You yeah. would assume, but it, you would assume, but then what at some point when they get from Pine Tab two to three to four, and then what are they gonna do? Just skip it to six well, or something? It's five, so it's <laughs> you know? five. You know, you just skip. Uh, it's just it's just complicated. That's all I'm saying. It's didn't just, Windows no, no. skip a bunch of numbers in between? We didn't get a nine. Windows well, yes, nine. but we don't we don't base decisions on what Microsoft does. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Touche. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So uh, these are some new tablets that are coming out that are really interesting because, like Ryan said, that the PineTab V-5 is being based on RISC-V architecture. So you can get the uh, PineTab 2 with ARM or the PineTab V-5 with RISC-V hardware. And this is a very cool, like, basically in terms of hardware goes, they're almost completely identical with a slightly different, uh, different case and a slightly different, well, entirely different structure of how it works. Uh, but this is really cool because you get a two like you get two USB C ports, you get a digital video out port, you get uh, front and rear cameras. Now it's not going to be the greatest camera ever, obviously, but still pretty good for what you're getting. And also, it's going to have a six thousand milliamp hour battery. Now that's pretty powerful. Yeah, battery. clearly this is an interesting thing. And I first want to talk about how they announced this. So a couple weeks ago, they announced the release of this particular device. Unfortunately, they announced it on April 1st. So no one believed it was real because yeah. it seemed like, oh, this is a cool <laughs> idea. We have a RISC-V tablet. Then they look at the date and it's April 1st. And then they look at the images and there's rainbows and unicorns and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it seems very playful and not true. So people just kind of ignored it. And then a couple of weeks later, we realized, oh, it's actually a thing. Great. Now we'll talk about it. So this is more of like a PSA to anybody who's doing uh, any sort of announcement, whether it's hardware or software or anything that's related to something being real, don't do it on the 1st yeah, of April. That's good advice Just, there. You, you, I think you didn't mention too, this is 1200 by 800, 10.1 inch IPS. I didn't, yeah. LCD panels in both of these. So really nice there. But nice, I, yeah. We talked about this in a prior episode for something else, to stop announcing products 
on April Fool's Day. Or maybe we should just get rid of April Fool's Day because it's kind of a stupid holiday. It is a ridiculous holiday, but unfortunately, it's probably never going to go away because, in fact, it used to be just a U.S. (laughs) thing, I think. And then it is now expanded across the world. So you're welcome, world. Uh, But the the idea of releasing something real on April 1st, let's just stop that because it's not going to be taken seriously and especially if you have some like imagery and some text in your announcement that was claim seemingly a joke. So, it, but with that said, this is really cool because Pine 64 does a lot of great stuff that we are big fans of. We've had them on the show multiple times for interviews and we are fans of their hardware yes. because, because they do a thing that is, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy in the tech world. It's it's called uh, transparency and I honesty. Yes, I'm confused. I, 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 <laughs> weird, I know. But what they do is that they create a product and they upfront tell you about what this product can do and what it can't do and who it's made for. Because not all of their products are going to be made for everyone. The Risk Five uh, Pine Tab slash uh, the Pine Tab V slash Five is going to be not for everyone and actually not for most people. Because it doesn't have any software yet. Yeah, it's experimental. So, yeah. Yeah, it's made to put hardware out there in the market. And then the developers and people interested in writing for Risk Five now have an architecture to base their software on. And they make that very clear. So you don't accidentally grab that and go, oh my gosh, I thought it was going to come with an OS and things that I could play with. It's just basically yeah. a There's hardware. There's a giant warning that says it does yeah. not come with anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a development platform. And what is what is actually really interesting and totally makes sense is the PineTab 5 uses the Star 64 Risk 5 single board computer that Pine 64 released earlier this month. So yep. that makes sense that they're, you know, incorporating uh, the the Risk board they're already using in these new devices. Well, yeah, their goal really cool. is to push development further with Risk and Absolutely. If companies oh, yeah. don't do what Pine 64 is doing. It's never going to go anywhere. So this is yeah. not only them obviously creating a cool product at a very good price. Both of these are just $159, by the way, either one you want, but they're helping to get Risk 5 to that point. Who else may makes a Risk 5 tablet? Yeah. <laughs> Leave it it's, to Pine 64. <laughs> and, and who else makes it a company that you really trust? And I exactly. do really trust Pine 64. And both are available in the hardware configurations of four gigabytes of LP DDR4 RAM, 64 gigabytes of EMMC 5.1 flash storage, and eight gigabyte version with LP DDR4 RAM and 128 gigabyte of EMMC. So you got options there of which one that you want. But at $159 starting point, that's a really, when we talked about the Chumby having amazing yeah. starting point, Pine64 Pine is one of those companies that yeah. keep creating starting points that are kind of blow your mind in there. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the differences in the chassis is just really color. So one is deep black and the Pine Tab 2 is silver gray. And they both have the detachable backlit keyboards that you can connect on there. Mm-hmm. And it also doubles nice. as a Smart carrying case. Video. So really yeah. cool. I mean, all of that for 159 bucks. that's... Pretty awesome there. And, and a lot of people, I think, listening to this, you're going to want to go with the ARM version, which uses the Denknix. I think that's how you pronounce it. Arch Linux sure. variant. It's like a mobile version of Arch. Yeah, something like that. Um, so you have software with that one. Again, RISC-V doesn't come with any software on there, but still really cool for developers. And also the PineTab 2 is a much, they say that it is a much more, uh, upgraded and you know, the the hardware and the software and everything on the Pine Tab Two is much better than the re- previous Pine Tab version. And some people look at Pine 64's devices as 
like they are enthusiast devices and that only certain people should get them because of that. And that is the case in a lot of products that they ship, but they're also the pine tab two seems to be like very close to being a daily driver type of device. It might not be exactly right now, depending on what you need for your software and what you need from your tablet. But it, the fact that it has the hardware that it makes it capable does seem like, I mean, I, I'm excited for this one. Yep. So go get your pre-orders out there now. Sorry for prying your wallet open twice so far in this episode, but let's do it a third time with our gaming pick, which I'm really excited to talk about, Jill. Tell yeah. us about it. If you follow politics in the U.S., you likely find yourself daydreaming, looking outside through the window about leaving the planet behind All and the seeking time. out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, where out. are we going with this? Yeah, makes yes. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> and you may want to seek out new life forms and Definitely. new civilizations and 100%. boldly going where no one has gone before, like yes. with uh, Picard season three. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jill. That in there. Yes, the card so our, season three. So our game this week will help you embark on your dream, at least you know, virtually. And the game this week is X4 Foundations. So X4 Foundations is a universal simula simulator and exploration game. You can you fly fly your ship, explore space, and manage an empire, trade, fight, build, and you got to think very carefully while you embark on your epic journey in the universe. Michael, do you think that we would be really <laughs> good at this game in Jill just because of the fact that we run on Empire and Linux? Yes. We I have so. so much experience managing an empire. That uh, we, yes. We, yeah. 100%. Especially it. because of that, our empire, it also means that we uh, we can fly every ship, obviously. Yes. Because yeah. Yeah. we have and so much experience. Back. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yes. And sometimes the, the Jedi's return, but sometimes the empire yeah, the dark side is a little bit evil, Ryan. <laughs> oh, you, li you like how we went from like Star Trek Star references Trek, to yeah. Star Wars references? Aren't people? they the yes. same thing? No, oh, I can't wait to get the hate mail on that one. <laughs> oh boy! Right. Yeah. So uh, Trek Wars <laughs> Trek coming this soon this this fall. So X Four Foundations just had a massive update in the a triple A graphics title with over thirteen thousand five hundred mostly positive reviews. It seems they're doing a really good job. And X Four is a living, breathing space sandbox running entirely on your computer, and you can transition seamlessly from first person action, boarding ships, and visiting their bridges in an expansive strategy and management simulation. Choose your own path at your own pace. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm on also like the different awesome. the different things you can do are interesting because you have the whole flying a ship and fighting in space. You can also uh, do things like trading with other people in the game and that sort of stuff. But I think the most interesting thing is that it also has like a stealth mode where you have to steal oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's so just cool. fun. That's just yeah, fun. It's just really cool. Having the combination and, of all of that is kind of like, it's like a sim and Mass Effect sort of stuff, like all slammed together. Ooh, Mass yeah. Effect. Good call. Yeah, it's an open, one. yeah, it's an open world. It's, the graphics are spectacular. They're fantastic. And it's right up my alley, that's for sure. And Michael and Ryan's. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the music is 
awesome there. It's forty nine ninety nine on Steam, but that part's not up my Linux. alley. But the rest of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a triple A game. I really the graphics and things there. But Jill, I got really interested in this game because season three of Picard. We got to take a moment yeah. to recognize that <laughs> I, like Michael and most people, did not like Picard's as a Star Trek fan first two seasons, but this third because season because they're terrible has been absolutely like epic. Yeah, epic. That's the word. Epic. Yeah. Okay. The real question here is <laughs> the real question here is as a Star Trek fan who also cares about their own sanity. Can I skip season one and two yes. and just watch three? Yeah. Yes. You can just, you can just go straight to three. And I okay. suggest yeah. if you've not watched Picard, skip straight to three. Forget the first two seasons. They're they're yeah. weird. Weird what, and uh, not great. Me and my husband did because he we had started watching the first season and eh, didn't really follow it and just popped in on the third season first episode and you're good to go. You have a new story okay. arc. Perfect. Because <laughs> so. I, I, I watched the first two episodes of season one and yeah. then I w- immediately was like, no, I'm done. Yeah, you're this like is, This is not watchable. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and honestly, I'm very so excited about season three because it's what Patrick Stewart promised before the Caesar series even began. That yeah. you know the 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 Federation was uh, going to become corrupt and dismantled, and now you know the original crew has to bring it back together of next yes. gen. So oh, and it's so epic how they do it. Yeah, and you're gonna be so excited <laughs> watching it. So I, I definitely recommend everyone check out. Season three of Picard, and it's going to make you want to, you know, go out there and boldly go where no one has gone before. So you can pick up X4 Foundations yes. uh, to make that pretend journey. Did you there. cover this game this week so you could talk about Picard? Yeah, yeah. Shut up, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it that much. You see, my comment was already there the moment that story was written. So, you know, yes, 100%. Yeah. I love Picard <laughs> so much. Go grab it on Steam. Season three. You need to specify. Yes. Season oh, three and it only. sports Linux out of the box. Yes. Our penguins go keep marching. <laughs> Both Star Trek and this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> absolutely. All right. <laughs> Our software spotlight this week is a little bit different. Blue Bubbles. Mm-hmm. And what if you could get your iMessages on your Linux machine like you can when you're using your Mac OS and your iPhone, for instance? And I know mm-hmm. there's people out there who hate Apple. This isn't the software spotlight for you. But there are other people who have multitude of different devices like jill has a museum she has mac windows this is linux, not the mostly linux. we're looking for yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go with the star wars reference uh if you have a mixed ecosystem but you want to use linux of course primarily and you want to get your messages on your windows devices linux devices android devices you could use Bluebubble there uh to do that so in their frequently asked questions they answer how this is different than another service called air message which they have a dedicated iOS and Android style themes, number one. They have uh, community-driven features and contributions that they take to make this app better. Uh, Dedicated desktop apps for Windows and Linux, totally self-hosted, so you don't have to rely on developer servers, and tons of customization uh, and settings to personalize your experience, and private API features that have extra bits of functionality in them. And it's available as a flat pack, so if you have a mix of different devices, but utilize an iPhone for your communication with your friends, check out Blue Bubbles or get all your friends on Discord or Signal or something else. You could do that too. But if you want to use the iMessage on your device, you can do this. And I think this is just really cool option that we have to take the convergence that Apple has, but extend piece of it into the Linux ecosystem. 
Yeah, absolutely. This will actually come in handy for me, Ryan, because uh, for communicating with uh, my family that have all moved to iPhones and iOS and Mac OS. Michael and Ryan even have iPhones. How dare you? <laughs> Don't talk people about that. But it's true. Listen, Android's just become so bad yeah. that it, the reality is most of my friends and things have all moved to iPhone as well. True. And that's how you First communicate. First of all, to them. let's 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 address this, the elephant in the room. Okay. <laughs> yes. Why people were thinking, why are y'all talking about blue bubble on this thing? Like, well, for it's because we all have blue bubbles, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, because we're, for we're those all who don't bunch know, of blue bubbles. If you bubbles. are not use if you're not an iPhone user, then you have a green bubble when you're talking to iPhone users. And they oh, know yeah. that yeah, you're yeah. not an iPhone user. And we're they like know. gross every time you mess They're with like, it. Like, ew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Ew, green bubblers. You. Yeah, these green bubblers. But also I've only been doing it for like a couple months to kind of test the waters and see if it what oh, kind of experience don't it even is. Try to act yeah, that's to all better, I'm saying. And you know it's it. just, <laughs> no, see that that's why I wanted I, I was like I, I saw the note that Jill was gonna say it. I was like, I'm gonna delete it yeah. so she didn't hopefully she doesn't <laughs> I know, remember. I saw you delete it, but <laughs> and then she remembered anyway. But uh Michael was gonna just, try to hide this months. from you all, but we're not yes. gonna let him. He can't edit this whole part out. We're just gonna keep going so that he can't edit it because there'll be no show left if he does. Oh, Michael goodness. has joined the Apple ecosystem on his cell device, and now, that, let me, there's nothing let me, wrong with that. Be there's proud no, 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 of that. Let, let me clarify to people the reason why, because they were. I've had a few friends and family who found out and were like, "Oh, so you like you're you're a hypocrite, or you're like a traitor to the to the Linux or people?" And no, 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 no. Android, Android is barely Linux. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's barely Linux. I would, I mean, most people would argue that it's only Linux because it, it's it's convenient for us to talk about how Linux is so dominant. But otherwise, we don't really want to admit it's Linux because it's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and also Google versus Apple. Which one is the worst? You are not saying which one is better. It's which one's the worst. That's yeah. the debate. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter which one you're using. I don't yeah. think so. Except no. for the fact that iPhone is, is better. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There it is. Speaking of, that's Michael's tip and trick of the week. The iPhone no, it is, is better. No, it is not. Oh. The tip and the, the tip of the week is a very different thing, and it's also related to kind of an open source concept of licensing through like stock photos and things like that. And we're going to be talking about OpenVerse. So you know what? You never have enough of free stock images, photos, and audio, and that sort of thing. I was going to say money, but okay. I mean, okay, you can also never have enough money, really, but. Uh, <laughs> But in this case, you don't need the money because this is free stock images oh, and free nice. stock audio. So mm -hmm. that's why our tip of the week is a thing called OpenVerse, which gives you openly licensed versions of all of these types of things. And if you head to openverse.org, you can start searching for images uh, for your website or your podcast or YouTube video or whatever you're, you're needing for. And also you can get some audio clips there as well. And I think they're working on adding more different uh, types of media stuff there. But right now you can get all tons of stuff. They have. They say that they have more than seven hundred million creative works to look through and wow. filter through. So that is awesome. Most of so that hand drawings by me. Uh, <laughs> or at least two million of those is, is Ryan's yeah. hand drawings. Yes. So you can go to openverse.org to check it out. Well, the cool thing about this is they also have the search on the side allows you to set specific licenses that you want and it also gives you an explanation for those licenses because certain licenses oh yeah yeah and art is you know you can share it but you have to give an attribution certain things you have to give no attribution yeah. there's a lot of options there so don't just go for there sure. and grab something without 
checking the license on it, but you can also mm-hmm. filter in their search. But yeah, you can make system. it where you what the results you're getting are what you want it to be and that sort of stuff. And the, to be clear, this is using Creative Commons. And Creative Commons is a license that allows you to release something with the intention of being freely accessible. But there are also multiple tiers of Creative Commons. There are things that are like for non-commercial or no derivative and that sort of thing. So if you want to use this stuff, make sure you check which one you want because there are some that just require like share alike or attributions and stuff like that, what Ryan said. So you can just specify, include those. But if you want to do something that would allow you to make money from it, then the non-commercial license would need to be, you know, pay attention to those. Yeah. And by the way, this made me start thinking about do you remember going to like software, et cetera, software mm-hmm. boutique, oh, yeah. Walmart or other places and picking up these CDs that had like 10,000 stock images on them that you could use for your website. Specifically, you would use it for your Angel Fire site or uh, GeoCities, <laughs> GeoCities or sir. one of those things. GeoCities was way better than Angel Fire. Yeah. I missed the stock image CDs. In fact, <laughs> because I was unpacking all my stuff, I found some old stock image cd that i had and so um you know all of them were terrible pictures for the most part we look horrible on a website today um but that's not as michael knows going to stop me from using them on my website so he's going to make a whole uh, collage of Of all of these different photos and make and then and then print it out and put it on the wall behind him Uh, by the way for all the younger people listening a cd is a compact disc or otherwise a storage medium that you could record (laughs) store and playback audio and video in a digital form uh you could write to it using freaking lasers which is really that's what made it cool Uh, i know it it was cool yeah Yeah. was laser discs was cool oh freaking lasers lasers (laughs) but also just to be real quick not only is it um, an interesting thing you brought up the CD stuff, and you know I've never heard of software, et cetera. Really? Like, oh my! Goodness. Never heard of it. Oh, is that? Were- I mean, I, based on context, I know it's a store that sells software, right? It was but- a software store in the mall. In, in the malls. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You'd yeah. have to have gone to malls and be one of the cool people. I went that was to a mall. I went rat. to a mall uh, occasionally. Yeah. I just don't think they existed in my state. Well, here's oh, what okay. happened yeah. that, that was happens. really bad. During the time that Software Boutique was out, it was like the place you would go to get a lot also of never heard of that one either. Amazing software. But mm-hmm. people they had a really good return policy. And so what people started doing is they would get the software, buy it like five hundred dollar Adobe Suite or whatever it was take it home, burn a copy of it, then take it back. And they Mm. were doing this in mass, which I don't know if that's the full fall of Software Boutique. There's probably a lot of other reasons, but pirating in this case definitely hurt their business bad because I remember over the months, their return policy kept changing and changing and changing because people were just basically stealing the software from them and, and stuff there. So it was a great store, though. I would just sit there and look for their games and software for an hour or two and hang out in the mall there and just go aisle by aisle. It's kind of like these things called bookstores that used yeah. to exist, yes, too, exactly. where you could look through. Oh, the kids are probably so <laughs> confused about book this stores. episode, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know what bookstores are. Yeah. Aw. We kidding. used to have a store here called Computique, and I loved Computique. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. I never heard of it. <laughs> We didn't have the store, but we had the catalog would come to our family store that we could order from Computer. Oh, yeah, I bet. So I missed out on Software Boutique, Software, et cetera, the Compute thing, whatever, and also Chumbies. (laughs) 
Yes, so. and also, and but if you type the word chumbi at openverse.org, you will get a lot of great images of what people have done with their chumbies and the hacks they made on them and where they use it. Wow. Nice, nice callback. Amazing. All right, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed what I think was an amazing episode of Destination oh, yeah. Linux with the chumbi, <laughs> with the Star Trek references, the Star Wars references, and let's just throw a Lord of the Rings reference in there. Or something. I can't do that. I don't Come know. On. I've never seen like, the show. Yeah. My oh, precious. Geez. There you go. My precious chumby. So oh, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Let's, I... <laughs> my precious. Yes. Pretty good. It's pretty Thank good. you. Thank you. A big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. Get on Discord right now. Join us at tuxdigital.com slash Discord. we got all kinds of cool rooms set up there. You can find people to hang out with, build your network of open source and Linux loving geeks right now. And if you want to watch the show live, what you need to do is become a patron of Destination Linux. And Michael, we're bringing back the $3 tier of the patronage right there. When I mean bringing back, I mean, we never meant to cap it in the first we place. We accidentally somehow capped Oops. it and I don't know what happened and Sorry. people couldn't sign up for it. And yeah. everybody who had signed up for the $5 or higher uh, during that time, thank you very much. Continue to pay that same amount. And <laughs> but but then we are making it possible to do the three dollar tier. So if you are interested in doing the patronage of the Tux Digital Network and the five dollars too much, we have the option for now doing three per month. Yep, absolutely. So check out tuxdigital.com slash contribute to sign up. And I'm taking Michael's section because he took mine. You want to come to our 60,000 square foot virtual <laughs> stadium where all of our patrons come to hang out and they even get the after show. They get to watch the show get created live, which there's so much content you're missing. But if you're a patron it's and true. you miss the live, it's okay because you can watch the unedited version, which includes all the bloopers, mess ups that Michael does on a daily, hourly, minute I see why you wanted minute to take this one. basis. Um, and also, you're going to want to show your love like Jill did for Chumbly for this show by going to tuxdigital.com slash store and picking up some amazing swag there. We have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and yes, stickers, because we know you need lots of stickers. Because you want to be like Jill in every way, which I don't blame you. And you see Jill has a cabinet full of stickers on her wall there. Lots of Destination Linux stickers and lots of open source stickers there. And you can pick up some of the network stickers right there on tuxdigital.com slash store to go pick up. Plus we have all kinds of other merch and cool stuff there as well. And make sure to check out all our incredible shows here on Tux Digital. We have the Pseudo Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, GameSphere, and our virtual Linux user group, Linux Saloon. So head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all these awesome shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. As the person who is hosting this episode, it feels weird that I didn't get to do the segment for the patrons and store. But you store. stole my community feedback. <laughs> but, so I'm yeah, okay, that's, that's true. But it still feels a little yeah. weird. So just real quick, tuxedo.com slash contribute and tuxedo.com slash store for all of your great, awesome Tux Digital merch. And uh, yeah, so... Thanks everybody, everybody for watching. Have a great Yay. week. And remember, how dare you? The journey itself is just as important as the destination. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> See you next week.